Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. It's Crew Call presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR roots. You can subscribe at www.flowracing.com. Steve Post, pit road reporter for Motor Racing Network, joined by 25-time and championship-winning crew chief in the Cup Series, Todd Gordon. Hey, man, how are you? I'm great. What a great weekend we had. What a great weekend we have. We have a great show for you. we got a twin spin. we yeah. got two crew chiefs. We have uh, Adam Stevens coming up. Always love catching up with Adam Stevens. Crew Chief for Christopher Bell. One of the things we like doing here on Crew Call, though, is when we get a first-time winner. And we have a first-time winner in the truck series. John Leonard's going to join us. What a great story. Can't wait to uh, Man, can't wait to find out how a kid from Iowa ended up in Victory Lane at Texas. So uh, it's going to be good. And those trucks, that truck was fast on uh, Friday night. So looking forward to it. Looking forward to catching up with those guys. And, again, we're so glad that you joined us here on Crew call. Um, the All Star Race, um, Texas Motor Speedway. Todd, it just seems like um, you know this was this was one of those. We'll wait and see what happens on an intermediate track, and I think we uh, maybe a little bit mixed reviews on how this is how this played out on the intermediate track. Um, but you know, we had tires. Um, aerodynamics seems to be pretty big there. A lot going on. What was your What was your take from the All Star Race? Yeah, I think uh, I think you know Texas in itself has got its own challenges. When you looked at last year's car and, and yeah. all the downforce that we had in it, Texas was a, a place that you really kind of sorted out whether how much trim you wanted to put in the car, whether mm -hmm. you wanted to build more of a speedway type car to make speed because you could run from off a of turn two, you could run all the way down the back stretch and easily run wide open through three and four, even in the wake of another car, because we had so much downforce in the car last yeah. year. So I think I think that Texas track kind of played to the older high downforce package. Uh, intermediate racing's been phenomenal this year. Sure. At every place we've been to, uh, it's it's been remarkable. But I think I think that taking the downforce out of this car and making it where it's great in a lot of places probably hurt Texas a little bit because you couldn't run in the wake of somebody wide open through three and fours easily. And okay. and that made it a little bit more difficult to make the run back to somebody in the front front stretch. But it's still a strategy race. It's still stuff you got to sort out. Hey, Daniel Suarez won the third round of the that? Open and drove himself up to racing Ryan Blaney for the win of stage three. So mm -hmm. it, you could pass cars. You just had to go find places to do it. It was, but it wasn't as easy as it, it as it has been at other intermediates we've had, but, uh, what a great show, and, and what a great layout of format. Yeah, starting all the way from qualifying. Qualifying, okay. I'm I'm jaded on this, okay, because my location was about ten feet from the inside car, um, calling live pit stops. I love if you talk to me personally, or if you, if you were to share my story, I love calling pit stops. Okay, when when they come down pit road, that is the the professionally my career. That is the greatest time of my life watching the men and women service these cars because I just think what they do is amazing. So you put me on pit road ten feet from two of them doing it in a head to head competition. 
this is a no-brainer that I'm going to love it, and I did. Your take on what we saw with qualifying there on Saturday evening. Yeah, I, I, I loved it as well. You've got the layout of uh, individual car speed to get to that point, but the, the, you know, the anxiety or the, the anticipation <laughs> that uh, top eight are going to get to stacked against each other. And then we, we've now made a race out of qualifying. It's not just how fast your car is. It's your head-to-head, side-by-side with somebody else. And you put the pit crews where they're competing against each other side-by-side. <laughs> and, and it's really in, in multiples. It wasn't just one pit stop like we've seen in qualifying yeah. in the past. It was you had to – one, you had to get to the top eight, but then you had to win that one. Mm-hmm. And that got you to the top four, and then you got to win that one. And just – and then you watch at the end, and, and uh, the 18 and the, and the 12, uh, 18 got a better launch out of the box than, than yep. the 12 did. And the pit crews are, are kind of high-fiving each other. I, I mean – I, obviously, I'm still attached. Zach Price, the rear tire changer that I had, right. he's over there slapping fists with uh, the Jackman, who was Kellen Mills for the 18 car, right, yeah. who also worked for me. He was my gas man. Okay, so, cool. So I had crew guys on both of those two yeah. teams. Uh, front changer over there, Thomas Hatcher, he uh, on the 18, he, he was he was with me, with Joey as well. So uh, really cool to see the competition and the camaraderie in qualifying. Yeah, I jumped in the middle of the scrum uh, when, uh, when, when Kyle – Bush made it back to the line. I jumped into the middle of the scrum, and it was like a race win. It was like, and then, and it was interesting. And I was interviewing uh, one of the one of the crew guys for for Joe Gibbs Racing, and all of the all of the uh, Team Penske guys as we were talking came by, congratulate him, congratulate him, congratulate him. I just, I just thought that was. I, I thought again, and I'm I'm my situation. I understand was was jaded because I was in the prime spot calling pit stops. But I just thought the, the, the fact that we got to showcase those guys and gals that work on those cars, I just think that's great. So yeah, definitely. I definitely. think that's a big part of All-Star Weekend. Um, I, I love the driver intros, just the way that they present themselves and how they come out and everything. Um, I saw Ross Chastain's guys carrying him out and everything. Uh, fun, fun weekend. I think that um, I think when we're looking at the All-Stars just being – Brutally honest, I think that there's some work that needs to be done with it. Um, just personally, I'm just I, th- I think there's some work that needs to be done with it, but I do think the team aspect of it is done well, and yeah. I think that's very important. So whatever we're going to do with it, uh, let's make sure we we keep the team aspect of it. Yeah, um, I, I love the fact that we made the team more involved than yeah. than less involved out right. of the qualifying piece. And hey, when you come to the race, you're you're going to have places that you don't end up being perfect sure. as to what's going on. We still had pretty good racing. We still had guys that passed their way back up through. Denny Hamlin came and t- took tires yeah. in that final stage and drove back to second. Yep. Um, so so we had passing. We had stuff going on. It wasn't – we've been spoiled with some phenomenal racing. There's the thing right That's, there. I think you're right about that. Our expectations so high yeah. that that uh, a decent race seemed less than less yeah. than fabulous. But, yeah. uh, you know, and, and – I'm going to go back. I'm going to back up on this one, too, sure, and, and sure. talk about, you know, we had a couple guys with tire failures. Okay, know? yeah, absolutely. Yep. Kyle Larson blew a right front. They stayed out at the end of stage stage one to, to maintain yep. track's position. Kyle Busch failed a right rear, also stayed, stayed out. out. Correct. So um, this is, and I'll speak from the crew chief side, the all-star race, there's a couple things that you look at. This is a great place to go try things. Ryan Blaney, I talked to him uh, Monday night and, uh, and on the radio, and um, they talked about this was an opportunity for them to try some different things setup wise because they they weren't didn't feel like their yeah. package was where it was and it's it's not a points race it's a place you can be more aggressive it's a place you can build your notebook that's what crew chiefs do when we went to places the all star race we were more aggressive on air pressures we were more aggressive on camber and it's a great time to get some data points now you may fail a tire 
that's not Goodyear's fault. That's that's a that's yeah. crew chiefs working Find to explore yeah. the boundaries of where we can get yeah. to. And and uh, um, you know, you saw a little bit of that, but you also saw some some guys that that, that understood right. where the speed was. Yeah, I think that was the fun part about Victory Lane with Ryan, um, chatting with him. And I think the thing when you're talking face to face with somebody, he said we tried a number of things and found that they worked. Mm-hmm. The look in his face, the the light up, yep. You know, the light up is like, okay, bring on Charlotte, bring on this, bring on that, and that's the All Star race, fun stuff, yeah, yeah. good yeah. stuff, that's for sure. So, really, really great stuff. Also, really, really great stuff is what you can find on Flow Racing. You can subscribe to Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots, where you can get the NASCAR Wheel and Modifieds, the Arkham Menard Series, NASCAR Pinty Series, and Weekly Racing. This week, the headliner. The NASCAR Wheel and Modifieds from Jennerstown, Jennerstown Speedway out in Western Pennsylvania, and the NASCAR Wheel and Modifieds, but also weekly racing from Autrodome Granby on Friday night from up in Quebec. Jennerstown has a weekly show as well. Riverhead on Long Island, Berlin in Michigan, Bowman Gray Stadium here in North Carolina, Lacrosse Fairground Speedway, Evergreen out in Washington, Alaska Raceway Park, and there's even Sunday racing from Meridian, Idaho that you can get. All of it on Flow Racing. So subscribe today at www.flowracing.com. When we come back, we're going over to Joe Gibbs Racing. Adam Stevens, he joins us now. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome back to Crew Call. Change things around here a little bit. Todd Gordon has moved to our Zoom studios, and uh, we're going to catch up with Adam Stevens up at Joe Gibbs Racing, who joins us now via the Zoom line. Hello, Adam. Welcome back to Wing, Na- or Wing Nation. Welcome back to Crew Call. I get all my shows mixed up. Welcome back to Crew Call. Hey. Let's try that. <laughs> Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Yeah, unless you want to talk sprint car racing, I think we'll I, I think we'll keep this to crew chief business though. It's uh, I'd love to. I might have to give Bell in here to give me a little bit of an education, but uh, it sounds like fun. There we go. Absolutely good times. That's for sure. When all the shows of MRN collide in one man's mind, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, uh, when we look at things where you're at, Adam, um, you know we're at the I, I guess 13 in as far as regular races go, regular season races go. We've had the the All Star and the and the Coliseum race. Uh, assess where you guys are at. How's the, how's the performance on that number 20 car? Well, it's definitely trending in the right direction. You know, we got off to a bit of a slow start at the beginning of the season. Um, not so much speed related, just finish related. You know, we had a dismal point deficit there to start, um, but have been digging ourselves back out of it and, and managed to string together some, some good finishes and some good runs. But, uh, you know, it just seems like we're right on the cusp of, of, of winning some races and, 
we just got to finish it off each weekend. You know, like all-star race is a perfect example. We got up there and we're battling close to the front and then made a mistake. And then we're in the fence, you know, and, and we just got to clean up our weekends a little bit and finish the races as strong as we've been running the majority of the weekend. You talk about it. I look back at it. You were 30th in points going into Coda. You've averaged just about a ninth place finish since then. A lot of single, low single digits. Um, 10th in points at this point. With the number of winners that we've seen, does that change how you race? Are you still points racing? I, I, I would think so, but um, th- does that does that change how you how you kind of work your way forward at this point? I, I think at this point in the season, we're really starting to transition from that, uh, yes, we can score enough points to get in the playoffs to if we have a couple winners that we're not expecting, then you might have to have a win to get in regardless. So, you know, we're, we're really starting to round that corner and figure out what we're up against. You know, there's still quite a few cars that you would expect to win that haven't won yet. You know, you got the 19, um, you got the 12. Um, you expect those guys to be in victory lane. And, you know, if that's the case, then the amount, the number of cars that are going to get in on points is going to be small. And it's even conceivable that a winner could get booted out, you know? So (laughs) it's just a a new level of parity right now in the sport with everything being so new and, and everybody trying to get their heads around this new car and, and new rules and new setups. And, and it's, it's a brave new world right now. So we don't really know what we're up against, but um, I think you're going to want to have a win. That's for sure. You mentioned the new car, new rules, new this, new that. Is there anything in particular that's, that's, that's been a little bit more of a challenge for you guys? Has it just collectively been a challenge or are there, are, are there, you know, are there areas that you guys come right out of the box and exceeded in what's, what's kind of the, the, the good, the bad and the ugly as far as what you're, what, what, what you found with this new car? Well, just the whole thing has been a learning experience, you know, um, figuring out what makes the cars fast, figuring out what's in your control and what's out of your control. And a lot of that goes with the uh, tech procedures, you know, the whole underbody. We've never raced cars with a full underbody like that and understanding how that's being policed and understanding, um, you know, what they're looking for versus what you can do. And, and I mean, it's, it's wild, wildly sensitive. So um, understanding how it degrades through an event um, and, and what can damage it, what can't damage it. And uh, that's been just the fundamental understanding of the car has been the biggest thing. Um, it's, it's, it's so different. You know, the, the bodies, uh, all the pieces are tied together and, and uh, you can't just change the shape of them like you could with a, um, a steel body car. So um, that's, that's fundamentally different and how aerodynamically sensitive it is. Um, it's, it, the whole thing's like a wing, right? So top and bottom. So just little teeny tiny changes in ride height are, are wildly sensitive. So um, you have to have your stuff pretty well figured out. Um, to get the balance where it needs to be. So that's been the biggest challenge. The first seven or eight races, it seemed like the Chevrolets were, were separated from the other two manufacturers. At least the perception was that way. And it looks like since then that you guys, I mean, the whole Toyota camp, JGR and, and uh, 2311, have been more competitive. Is that perception real? And, and is there, as you talk about all of this understanding, have you guys kind of figured things out as you're going along and, and, and made some more progress there? Or is it just, or is it just like you talked about that it was dumb luck early in the season for, for issues and, and the speed's always been there? Um, I, I think that the first part of your argument is probably true. I think we came out of the box, probably not where we needed to be. 
a little bit behind and um, quickly kind of closed that gap. And, and it did feel like the Chevrolets had a leg up on everyone. Um, so I feel like as a company and as a manufacturer and OEM that we've all dug in and identified our de deficiencies quickly. Um, and it's one thing to identify them. It's another thing to be able to make gains on them, you know? So um, we were able to do that. Um, do I feel like we're ahead of anybody right now? I, I don't know about that, but uh, you know, it does feel like we've made a step change in the capability of our cars and our setups. And by and large, we're all unloading a little bit closer and able to fine tune rather than wholesale and that full 20 minutes of practice we get each week. Adam, help me understand something. And you and I had a conversation in the pits at Kansas before the race. And I asked you, you know, we've had uh, the, the tire failure situation. And, and, and you had shared with me that you guys had had some earlier and you'd kind of found the edges and that sort of thing. I'm, I, how tight, how razor edge sensitive are we when it comes to this issue of getting, getting the tires, getting them, you know, right to that edge, but not over the edge? How, how razor sensitive is that? It depends on the construction of the tires and the air pressure that they make the most grip at. I mean, honestly, um, and the settings that they, they want to run, which, which Todd can tell you. And um, the only way to find that edge and is to go over the edge. You know, um, Goodyear gives us information that said durability information, and it's pretty vague. You know, they don't know the setups we run. They don't know the exact loads we run. We don't know the setup we're going to run uh, intimately for next week or the week after, you know what I mean? When it comes time to race, we don't know the ambient conditions. Um, uh, you know, the tracks change, um, they get bumpier, you know, so a, a lot of things push you closer to that limit. And, and if you want to win races in this sport, you're going to have to push everything to the limit. Um, so, you know, like a, early in the year, we failed some, some left rears and we felt like we found a, a happy place um, for air pressure and camber and how much load we could put into it and still have some grip um, early in the run and late in the run. Uh, and lo and behold, everybody's blowing right rears now. That was, that was, a, that was a surprise at Texas. You know, we didn't, I didn't expect that, but, um, you know, there's a lot more load at Texas than there is at um, maybe Kansas, um, maybe not. Vegas may be similar, but um, there's a lot more load at Charlotte, I can tell you that. So, um, you know, if if the tires make more grip at, at lower air than what the Goodyear recommendation is, we're, we're all going to push it and figure out where that limit is. There's You don't get bonus points for being five pounds to the safe side on air pressure, you know. Uh, you, you get bonus points by winning races and winning stages. So, um, you've just got to find that limit. And, and the only way to truly find it is to step over it once in a while. You, uh, you talk about Charlotte being a high load racetrack again, 600 mile event coming up this weekend and racing at home. What challenges does that present to you as a team leader uh, to, to get through the, the, the Coke 600 being, being as long as it is a transition it's got from day to night and, and also being home? Mm -hmm. It's interesting. You know, the, the long race um, is a challenge uh, and it can be more challenging if depending on the ambient conditions and the start time, right? We used to practice, um, you know, noon or one in the heat of the day. And quite honestly, you were just trying not to wreck and, and trying to figure out what your ride heights were uh, back in the day. But now this weekend we're practicing at um, seven or eight o'clock, you know, where we have a, that's well into the race, you know, the race is going to start at, six, I believe. So 
um, we have a lot more similar ambient conditions. So we'll have a better understanding of what, what we have and we're not guessing. Um, and, and the races started earlier and it started a little bit later um, and which makes the transition more. You know, if you catch a cloudy day, you're not gonna have as much track temp to, to battle the, the first part of the race. Um, so it, the, those conditions and that 400 mile just from the length of the race change, um, those things can vary a little bit. But this week with the later practice and a little bit later starter time, starting time, I wouldn't expect a colossal swing um, from uh, start to end, but it will change. Um, and you're gonna have to keep up with it. And there's not a car in the field that's going to be the best early and the best late without making some pretty significant changes along the way. Um, as far as being being home, um, you know, it's interesting kind of when you're home because when you're away, you're, you're separated from everything. I don't know if you ever felt this time, but uh, so you have your routine, you know, um, you can do what you want when you want to do it. And uh, when you're at home, you know, a lot of people want to come to the race. A lot of people want tickets, you know, your home life gets mixed in with your racing life um, when you're at home. And um, I'm not going to say it's more of a distraction. It's, it's great to be able to sleep in your own bed and spend a couple of days with your family, but you also have to separate yourself so you can do your job. And, and that's not a challenge that you normally face when you're up in Wisconsin or Las Vegas or Kansas, you know, racing on your own. No doubt. No doubt. You mentioned practice and qualifying. I didn't, I didn't have it on my notes, but you, you mentioned that. How, how are you adapting to, you know, we went from, we went from two days of practice to no practice with COVID to 10 or 15 or 20 minutes of it. And then right into qualifying. How, how have, how have you guys adapted to that? It's been a change. You know, at first I, I didn't really think going in that there was going to be a tremendous benefit to it. Um, but there's a big benefit to it, you know, just getting a general idea of, of where your ride heights are, uh, because the cars are, are so um, aerodynamically sensitive to pitch and ride height in general um, is, is a game changer. And, and the, you know, getting an idea of your bulk balance um, makes a big difference. You know, there's a couple of these weekends where we didn't unload as good as we wanted to be. And um, we'd have really been in trouble um, if, if the race would have started like that. So, you know, it, it's more of a shakedown. It's more of a hot lap session than it is a, a real practice session because the list of things you can change is so small, you know. Um, but the list of things, uh, as far as their effect on the car, is large enough that you can make a dent in it. So that's good. Um, but you're not changing springs and steering boxes and, and, and wheel alignments in the rear and, and stuff like that. Um, so it, it's fundamentally different in that way but um it is enough to to kind of right the ship and and uh correct uh, some problems that you might have so you you talk about that and the practice you get let's look one more week out we go to gateway brand new racetrack and we actually get a 50 minute practice before inspection so you can change things back there um how do you prepare for that and and i guess i'll ask the question did the manufacturers get to participate in a tire test out there or wheel force test do you have some data from the racetrack yeah, the, the, all the testing we've had is, is just wheel force for Gateway. So, you know, fortunately, we've had a few drivers in the building and in the Toyota camp that have raced there through the years. I've never seen the place. I didn't even know what state it was in. I was surprised when I found out it's in Illinois. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I've watched a lot of races there. They put on a good show, but it's, it's very unique. You know, it, it's fast. There's a lot of brakes. There's going to be a lot of shifting for our cars. Um, tight turn radius, um, it's going to be a handful. So they are going to need some track time for sure. Um, and the crew chiefs and the engineers and the teams are, are going to need some time to, 
figure out what's going to make that car go fast. So um, 50 minutes sounds like a lot compared to what we've been doing, but um, you're going to have to have your couple changes planned. You know, you're going to start with your best foot forward. And, and if you're fighting this, you're going to have to have a, a list of top two things you want to do. And if you're fighting that, you're going to have to have two other things and, and, and try to cover a little bit of ground in practice. I, I feel like with those new tracks and venues like that, that the best thing to do isn't to make it as good as it can be at that point in time. It's to cover enough ground that you can have good changes going into the race because inevitably as the weekend goes, you're going to have to be making changes. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, always a challenge. That's for sure. Finally, the last thing I have for you, um, you're a former dirt late model racer. Do you, do you follow dirt late model racing at all? I know you got a lot on your plate with family and racing and NASCAR. Do you follow the late model world at all or not? I do. I keep up with it on the side. Yeah. Do you, uh, now you've had, you finished 17th in the dream at Eldora. They're doing a million dollar to win race. Uh, mm-hmm. You ever have the itch to get back and try to run for a million dollars like that? <laughs> man. Oh man. Uh, well, in my mind, uh, yes, but <laughs> in actuality, no, uh, I wasn't good enough when I did it all the time. So to think that I could do it 20 some years later is just foolishness. And, and, and as a crew chief and at the highest level of motorsports in this country, you get to see what real race car drivers can do. And I can tell you, I am not one of those guys. Um, and, and it's not because I'm scared and it's not because I wouldn't want to, I just don't have those skills. And that's just the long and short of it. But, uh, uh, you know, those guys are so impressive. Um, and, and you got these guys that can jump in and drive other cars. You know, you saw Tyler Courtney in uh, Bullen's car, and that was amazing. And you've seen Larson jump in and win some races. And, um, you know, Bell can run a midget and run a sprint car and then hop in a cup car and go win on a road course. Um, that level of skill is something that you have to be born with and then develop your whole life. And um, I don't check either one of those boxes. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm off that horse for sure. Yeah. yeah, we as crew chiefs definitely get the opportunity to see what the level is you've got to be at when you get to work with them. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you realize where they're at and why they're there. That is for sure. Uh, yeah, I just have uh, last year and a half or two, I've just really taken an interest. I've always done the sprint car stuff in the dirt late model world, and they're throwing money around all over the place there. It's insane what they've got going on. But um, I'm glad you're sticking on top of the pit box. We, 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 we love covering you here in NASCAR. Adam, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us here on Crew Call. All right, guys. My pleasure. Good to see you. There we go. Adam Stevens joining us here on Crew Call. Stay with us. A first-time winner, John Leonard from up at Halmar Racing. He joins us next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Crew call rolling along here on Motor Racing Network, and I absolutely love first-time winners. Uh, whenever we get a first-time winner, I'm all over. Let's let's grab them. Let's grab them. Let's grab them. And we had one uh, out at Texas on Friday night in the Truck Series. John Leonard, crew chief for Halmar uh, with Stuart Friesen, picked up the win, career first win. John joins us here via the Zoom call. John, welcome in, and congratulations, winner. Uh, pretty neat stuff to grab that first career win as a crew chief. Yeah, it's always been a big goal of mine, and um, finally put it all together and, and got one this weekend to try it out at Texas. So Neat stuff. Yeah, so how does that win play with team momentum, and uh, and how does it change how you race the reg- rest of the regular season? Yeah, it's um, we actually started the season really really on a good note. Um, came out with a lot of speed, a couple good runs, and then the last month or so, um, we've had a few down weeks. For whatever reason, pit stops, um, strategy, bad time, you know, whatever it was. Um, this week, we've kind of put a focus on getting all the details right. Everybody kind of putting back to the grind, making all the details and, and kind of putting the whole race together. And um, brought a really, really fast truck and, and finally got one. Got one for us, and it gets a, it's a big step into the playoffs, right? It locks us in. It lets us maybe chase a few stage stage wins. Uh, it's something we struggled with last year at the end of the year. We got to the playoffs, and then we got there, we were always behind, right? We didn't have the stage wins. We didn't have the playoff points. We were always trying to – we had to – always had to make up ground, right? Um, being able to get this one early and get it off the checklist kind of allows us to chase some of those playoff points and maybe – you know, it's something that John Hunter and Wayne Rhodes had last year that kind of excelled them through two rounds in the playoffs without being able to have a bad race or a little bit off or a mistake or something. It gives you just a little bit of wiggle room down there. So, um, obviously, we'll chase wins and, and we want more, but it allows us to kind of open up our playbook a little bit and um, and kind of think about the long term from here on out. So. John, I uh, scan a number of drivers during the running of a race, and uh, I've scanned Stuart and you guys multiple times. Somewhere in the middle of the race, and, and Stuart had some very colorful language talking about how good that truck was. I mean, he just was glowing on it on words that I can't use from radio. But and 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 Stuart doesn't seem like you know. There's a lot of times I don't I don't hear that from him. When did you guys know that the truck was that good that you had on Friday night? And 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 then what does that mean as far as managing the race, knowing that you have a piece that just rolls off that good? Yeah, actually, I had a pretty good inkling in practice. Um, we were the, kind of the best truck on average in practice. I felt like made a couple short runs, couple couple small adjustments and as as much um kind of where i knew the truck was at i had a pretty good idea that it would race good i don't know that it, it was going to be 
one of the two or three best trucks, but I had a pretty good idea that it was going to race really good. Being able to qualify where we did, I felt like we could stay out front um, and kind of keep that track position. And then halfway through the race, not really having to change a whole lot. And um, and being able to race there with the four and the, and the 98 and, and them guys. Um, you know, Stu's Stu got pretty excited. Some of the guys that had worked with him for, for a long time was like, man, I don't I hear that from me a lot. And he's, um, you know, just like any driver, they, they all want, they want to be better. We want to be better. You can always be better, right? No matter what, there's always something after the race that, man, I, maybe you need to look at this, maybe look at that. But um, that was one of the, it was actually the truck we took to Phoenix last year and, and ran good in a couple races this year. But he um, he was definitely pretty excited. And when he's into it, he stepped up to the plate a lot this year, whether it be restarts, whether it be pit road, um, his physical activity, I feel like, he, you know, everybody, everybody here is kind of putting all, all their work and stuff into that basket for you to chase a championship. So it was definitely cool to see him um, kind of say that on the radio and, and know that he had a pretty good piece. You talk about his physical activity and his, in his racing realm. He, uh, he, he keeps racing and, and uh, chasing whatever he can yeah. out there to, to, to chase the checker flags. It's awesome to see um, at Kansas, you had a little bit of a setback with flight challenges for him and, uh, and then how did you handle that? And, and, and how did the whole thing with, with getting Bubba to sub and, and that transition coming back to Stewart for the race, how'd that work out for you? Yeah. You kind of just take it in stride, right? It's a, it's something that we deal with. Um, feels like a couple of times a year, whether it's, I think it was two years ago at Texas, he showed up 15 minutes before the start of the race. And, um, <laughs> you know, with him, with him being up in the Northeast and doing his dirt modified stuff, it's something that obviously gave him the platform to be able to do truck racing and him and Chris kind of had that background and it's something that's important to him. It's something that we deal with. And, um, he, he tried to fly out a day early to be on time. And actually last week he had the same deal. He was supposed to fly out the day before and his flights got delayed again and ended up being able to make his flights on time for practice last week here at Texas. It's just something that you deal with and work on. Um, trip actually took care of most of the, most of the logistics, and stuff getting Bubba to drive and luckily he fit right in a couple small changes and was able to help us out um and him being him having his background in truck series before and his his cup experience kind of helped us out kind of get a good baseline for the truck obviously you're kind of starting behind in the race maybe not getting them around one stage points and we, we got there um but it just takes a little bit, and that's that's just kind of the road that you're forced to. You mentioned and that you're forced to deal with. Yeah, you mentioned Trip. Um, Trip Bruce is the competition director over there, and the uh, former crew chief on the on on the truck. You you he he moved up. You moved in. What is what is the benefit of of you, you didn't replace somebody? You've kind of added to the mix as far as that goes. What's the benefit of that? Having all of Trip's knowledge still there in the building, as you guys have been able to continue to build on that. Yeah, whether it's part suppliers, whether it's truck builds, whether it's getting bodies better, you know, he's he's able to focus on stuff that I don't have to worry about, right? Like, I'm more worried about race strategy, calling races, little details, getting, you know, getting setups a little bit better. He's able to kind of see the see the company as a as a global type background, 
mm-hmm. and really look at personnel, look at how we can get better, whether we, you know, whether we need to shift budget to one area or the next, getting parts. It's just he's able to see everything from a competition and a personnel director role, and, and I don't have to mess with any of that, right? So um, we brought in another engineer over the offseason to kind of take over my role because um, at the end of last year I was kind of doing a little bit of both. Um, so I've had to kind of learn how to step away from some of that um, and letting, letting this new engineer kind of take over. And um, we've kind of started kind of working towards the same same direction and, and getting better. And um, I think the longer we go, the, the, the better we're going to be. So, how does, uh, how does the second team, the part-time team, how does that benefit you or, or the challenges with it? Like you, you run a few races with – Todd Bodine here, and, and I think uh, Stuart's wife will will, will run the, the dirt races that you can qualify for, right? Yeah, and it's something that we kind of look forward to. It's It kind of gives us another truck to test some things, right? Whether it's um, setup stuff, whether it's body stuff. The people here all are all in, right? It's You don't necessarily hire a ton more people. You just hire – you're able to – you're able to update your truck. You're able to update kind of a few personnel. You're able to bring in people that are that may help you, right? Um, it's definitely a little bit more work, but I think it kind of benefits the whole program at the end of the day. We're in the uh, throes of an eight-race stretch for the truck series. We've talked about that a lot on our broadcast. Coming up in a couple of weeks is a dirt track, Knoxville. Not any dirt track. It's Knoxville. You have Stuart Friesen, and you are from Iowa as well. Um, yeah. Just, just, just kind of your thoughts as you see that on the horizon. I saw a press release from them. We're four weeks away from the uh, truck race. I think this past weekend. Um, just the, the 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 process of going to Knoxville for you personally, for taking Stuart there, everything that kind of lines up out there. Yeah, it's a big it's a big race. It's sort of on our schedule. Obviously, it's um, it's one that I'd I'd like to have. It's growing up in Iowa. It's all we all we really knew, right? It's dirt racing. We had more dirt dirt tracks per capita, I think, than any other state. Um, <laughs> kind of grew up doing it, and uh, and it's big for him, right? Frankly, we struggled a little bit more than what what we've wanted to on dirt, um, or whatever reason. I think we're kind of honing in on on a little bit of it each each and every race. Um, we're we're good through practice maybe the first half of the race and then we struggle a little bit so we were okay in Knoxville last year I think um we've improved a few things Jess has definitely helped um you know whether it's them feeding off each other kind of bringing new ideas um it's definitely um it's definitely cool and and him being able to go in and and sling some dirt on the NASCAR schedule I think it's cool for him so you talk about Iowa being home for you. How's a kid from Iowa get to North Carolina and racing? Yeah, so I um, I knew I always wanted to do it. I, I grew up doing it, um, race go-karts, race late models, did a little bit of – kind of sold all myself going into college and, and kind of went the engineering route. Um, did the FSAE program and got hired um, – as an Xfinity race engineer at RCR in 2012, um, didn't know anybody, didn't know where I was going, kind of 
packed everything in my Malibu and moved down in a week and started, right? Um, kind of a, a new era, new, 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 new for me, right? But I knew it's always where I wanted to be and, and what I wanted to do. And, and I worked at RCR for almost nine years before I kind of moved into the truck series. So it's been it's been uh it's been cool and met, met a lot of cool people down here and, and kind of started my own family and here we are yeah you are an iowa state cyclone cyclone pride i know you have a lot of pride in that there's one little detail in here that just jumped off of uh of of your story you took a job with a plastic injections molding company okay when you came out of college <laughs> That's right. The job lasted a day and a half. Okay, yeah, walk, yeah. walk us through what happened when you, when you got that job there. Yeah, so the NASCAR hiring cycle isn't really until January. Um, at least it wasn't back then. And I graduated fall semester, and I I applied to a few different places. And I I was a like a CNC programmer, manufacturer, machinist type role in college, and I really liked doing it. And I accepted a job kind of a southeastern Iowa, um, started there, worked, worked a day and a half. And then Luke Lambert called me, um, I think, at actually a big national go-kart race over New Year's and said, hey, man, we, we got your application. We want you to come down for an interview. And uh, I, told the, I told the company I was working for, I said, hey, I got this interview. I, I, been a dream of mine i really want to go and, and then you, you know you don't get any vacation you don't get any days off two days in right yeah. they're like well if you go you know if you go down you just as well stay down and i said all right see you later didn't didn't know i was getting hired didn't know i was like <laughs> chasing a dream i'm ready right so i went down and um met with them guys met with luke and everybody at rcr and um they hired me that day and i said all right you got a week to get a week to get back down here we want you you know i went i went in like a wednesday and so we want you to we want you to be here monday i flew back home packed everything in my little car whatever i had and said all right i'm leaving see you later bye that's cool and awesome. um moved down drove down I, I had no idea where i was going i ended up in high point um for about six months didn't know anybody from anybody got a place started working and here i am right it's it's a crazy story, but it's just I, it's I knew where I wanted to be and knew I had to chase the goal and I had an opening and went for it. I love it. It's like yeah. the the old country song. How do you like me now? Yep. You know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. that no is regrets. cool. Good stuff, man. I'll tell you what, that is so neat. And then you started a family, man. I was looking. I I, I snoop around on Facebook. You have got a pair. You got a beautiful wife and a pair of beautiful girls. The International House of Women. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a dad. Uh, I'm a. I'm a. I'm a girl dad as well. International House yeah. of Women. You. You have. You have also got a beautiful family that I. That I sense a lot of pride in as well. Yeah, I got a wife that supports me and and uh, puts up with it. And I think every everybody in racing kind of has to have that support system, right? And. Um, she believes in me. She supports me, and and we actually have two two very beautiful little girls they give us a lot to work for <laughs> they, they're a lot of they're a lot of fun and spunk and um they're um i wouldn't change it man i always wanted a little boy but i think being a girl dad's awesome so i, I wouldn't change it for the world yep you're a girl dad also right yeah that's yeah. it exactly yeah, i wouldn't i i'd say the same thing I, I, everybody 
Every guy thinks they want to have a son. Yeah, until that's right. until they have daughters yeah. and they the daughters wrap them right around their exactly. Fingers, so. so how about that? A trio of girl dads sitting yeah. here talking NASCAR racing. Yeah. How about yeah. that? Good stuff, yeah. John. I, I was so happy. Uh, I love uh, with MRN. Our protocol is when when they win the race, we jump up on the pit box and and talk to the winning crew chief. And nothing makes me happier than to jump up and talk to a guy who's doing it for his first time. So congratulations on that win. Fairly confident won't be the last time we'll jump up on that pit box and chat with you. Um, glad you got that win, and appreciate you joining us here on Crew Call today. Yeah, man, I appreciate having the time. There we go. John Leonard from up at Halmar Racing, picking up the win at Texas with driver Stuart Friesen. Stay with us. More Crew Call in just a moment. Welcome back. It is Crew Call presented by Flow Racing. Great to hear the story of John Leonard. And I love the the chasing a dream. Yeah. I'm a I am a dream chaser. I believe in that. When we got done with that interview, um chatting with him, uh we get a chance during the during the break here to chit-chat a little bit. You Similar yeah. story in chasing a dream to North Carolina. Yeah, I think I think you know there's a lot of people that have these these similar stories. But it, when he brought it up, it's it's just it's it's cool. Uh, ben married was late model racing up in upstate New yep. York. Uh, I ran new product development for Ferris Industries, a commercial lawnmower company, and um, we decided my wife and I decided we wanted to move south and go work in racing. And uh, I let him know ahead of time, and uh, we were moving at the end of the end of the November, and uh, um, we packed up in a motorhome, didn't have a job. And you did. You drove to North Carolina, came down here, moved down here without a job. Yeah, I, I, I told them I was done. It was a great job up there, but <laughs> I, I, I wanted to work in racing. Uh, and and I have great relationships. Still got friends with 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 everybody up there at, at Ferris. But uh, we we packed up in a motorhome and moved down south and uh, and went looking for a job, knocking on doors. Uh, got an opportunity to go to Daytona. Uh, you know, it was one one race deal, and and then uh, and Phil Farsons gave me a job in April. So, uh, wife and I just. You know, it was a leap into faith, but it's 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 what you do when you've got a passion that's that 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 tied into it. And then John had that. Yeah, I get that, and I have a similar story as well. I get that passion chasing that dream. Uh, 1993, 1994, I'm doing everything in the motorsports world in uh, northeastern Pennsylvania and upstate New York. I've got columns and program books, and I'm announcing at two tracks. I own a a partnership on a on a race preview, a race weekend, a trade show, doing all of this stuff, and I just wanted to pursue it. Wanted to pursue it. I'm interviewing. I'm talking. Would have been 1994, Atlanta, end of the year. Came down, did an interview with an agency to do PR, and all of a sudden get the opportunity. First of the year, they say we want you to come down. I moved down in January, um, dating somebody. We decided to get married. We get married on February 4th of 95, 26 inches of snow on our wedding day up in uh, upstate New York. 26 inches of snow, literally wedding, reception, jump in the car, move to North Carolina, Tuesday get called into an office, and I'm told that the agency no longer has the account that I have been hired to work on, and congratulations, you're in North Carolina Brand new wife, unemployed. Uh, they kept me on for just a little bit. I did get to Daytona, similar to you. Yeah. It's like, we're going to allow you to go to Daytona. You better network with everybody on the planet down here. And uh, But ended up uh, unemployed in North Carolina, uh, chasing this dream, uh, walking home, explaining to my new wife, who hurried up and got not the wedding of her dreams, you yeah. know, and everything else. 
but I think that's the lesson here is if, uh, and, and, and I get a lot of people, a lot of young people come up and say, how do I get into it? How do I get into it? Um, it's, it, if it's your passion, if it's your dream, you need to pursue it. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, my thing is, is that take the opportunity that's in front of you yep. and make the most of it. Make the most of and, it. And that's, that's, uh, I did that with Clemson at one point. They, they asked all those questions, but uh, yeah. just, just go do it. Yep. Do it. It's, it's, do it. that's what it takes to, to get to these elite levels. Look, you, you yeah. just got to have a passion for it. And if you've got a passion for it, pursue it. Yeah, absolutely. Look at John's situation. John, John Leonard's situation. He's out there and he just gets that job and then just decides, no, nope, this is what I'm going to do. And, uh, Hoisting a trophy over his head Friday night. Really cool. At Texas. Neat stuff, that's for sure. Coca-Cola 600 weekend is upon us. Uh, when we look at this race, um, this is probably a, a lot of people, this next car. We haven't gone 600 miles. What's your What's your assessment on what, we're, what we'll see with this one? Yeah, I think uh, I think this will be a this will be a grind. And there's a couple things. It's not only a 600 miles, which is a, you yeah. know, it's the longest race of the season. I, I don't think that we're going to have, like, Back in the you go back to the 70s, it would be a it'd be a challenge for durability of yeah of attrition parts. that sort of thing. But yeah. but um, I think that's all right. Three stages, so you got a few yep. more points this weekend. You can go gather, yep, right? That's right. Uh, there's there's three stage wins available. Um, the biggest thing there's two things to me that stand out about this race. Uh, one, the transition of Charlotte from daytime to night is probably the biggest of any racetrack we go to. Right. And so keeping up with a car, if you've got a good car to start off at 6 p.m. when the sunshine, sun, mm-hmm. sun's out, to be right at the end, you're going to have to work on it. So how, how these guys on work on it all night long and that transition as the track cools off is going to be one. The other one is it's a home race, yeah, which brings a lot of distractions to racetrack. You've got family members that are around. And, and you, 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 you know, every place else we go, we get to separate family life from race life because we're at the you're racetrack right. without them. Yep. And then this is a place that you're more in that family environment. So you get distracted. So keeping people focused, keeping them hydrated. Um, yeah. You know, it, being in mid-80s, it's supposed to be in sunny. Uh, and focused on what we got to do for a 600-mile event. It'll be quite an o- accomplishment. That home game is fascinating because our hard card, our credential, my hard card, my credential lives on my person, on my nightstand in the hotel room, or in a specific packet in my book bag. Yeah. Okay. That's yep. where that that card is one of three places. Right now it's in the in the book bag. Okay. I got home from Charlotte. Of course, there's no nightstand. Right. So I took it off and put it on the counter. One of my little girls, this years ago, a little girl, oh, look, a picture of daddy. And I wake up on the morning of the race and I have to tear the house apart to find yeah. that credential because it's not our routine. Yes. It's not our routine. So your day starts off with your hair on fire. Yep. You know, <laughs> it's like maybe it's a little credential, maybe it's family and friends over, maybe it's whatever it is. It's a challenge. You're right about that. Yeah, we we, we probably could learn something from stick and ball sports where the home team goes to a hotel, hotel the night before. Stays, that's right. <laughs> Just to keep your routine going yeah. that that you're normally used to, but uh Tough to tell your wife you're going to go stay in a yeah. hotel that's 10 miles down the road. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough sell. That's for sure. No doubt about it. Great, great stuff. Motor Racing Network, we are there on Friday, 6 o'clock Eastern time. We have the General Tire 100 for the Arkham Menard Series, 8 o'clock the NC Education Lottery 200 for the Camping World Truck Series. Then we turn the reins over to our friends at Performance Racing Network who have Xfinity Series Race and the Coca-Cola 600. So make sure you tune into the radio, whether it's us on Friday 
for our friends at PRN all weekend long. It is going to be a great, great weekend. Always a big weekend of racing. Memorial Day weekend is as well with the Indianapolis 500 and all of the uh, all of the short tracks around the country too. So fun stuff, that's for sure. So great, great time. Great catching up with uh, Adam and with John today. I love uh, I love when we get a chance to talk to a couple of our crew chief friends. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely great interviews and great insight into both of them and. Uh, uh, something that I hope everybody's enjoyed. Absolutely. So that is going to do it for us. He's Todd Gordon. I'm Steve Post. Thanks for joining us here on Crew Call, presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. You can subscribe at www.flowracing.com.